Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Rico, your host, and normally alongside is Legends Tour player and LPGA professional Cindy Miller, but Cindy is headed back to Orlando this week. She's going to be off. Uh, she's shooting some video with the Golf Channel, so I'm going to hold down the fort this week uh, while she takes a, a – well, not really a break, but uh, is doing something a little bit different uh, with the Golf Channel. So um, got a great show for you. Uh, this week I'm going to start the show off with uh, some thoughts on how to – the average golfer can use things like instinct, feel, and visualization uh, to ramp up their golf game uh, for this new upcoming season. But first, let me remind everybody, of course, uh, we are live uh, every Tuesday from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time here on the blogtalkradio.com network. Uh, best way to find us is go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf is the main link, or you can just type women of golf up in the search key. Uh, you can also listen to us on iTunes.com, Stitcher.com, and tunein.com as well under the podcast section. Again, just type in Women of Golf. For some reason, if you can't join us live, uh, go to blogtalkradio.com and uh, forward slash Women of Golf and just scroll down to the on-demand section. And, of course, all of the shows are auto-recorded. So if you can't listen live, you can just scroll down there and you can listen to all of the previously recorded shows, including today uh, in, its, uh, in their entirety. So uh, make sure you check us out on any of those social media platforms. Uh, you can also call in and speak to either Cindy or I. Uh, the number to call is area code 347-945-5855. Uh, or you can also uh, email Cindy or I if you've got any questions or comments. Uh, or maybe you have uh, a great topic that you think uh, you'd like to hear for us to discuss on the show. You can reach out uh, to either one of us. Cindy's email is cindy at cindymillergolf.com. And mine is ted.golftalklive at gmail.com. But I'm glad that you joined me this morning anyways. As I said, Cindy's off uh, back in Orlando shooting some video with the Golf Channel. So she'll be back next week, uh, and we'll uh, have a, a great show uh, welcoming her back. Um, as I mentioned, we're going to s- start here with, uh, with a, a discussion I'm going to have uh, about uh, some interesting uh, ways of, of sort of looking at your golf game a little bit differently. Uh, and then a little bit later on in the show, I'm going to be uh, speaking with my very special guest who's calling over from the United Kingdom, or UK for short, uh, she is the CEO and founder of Golf Guru, Guru Group. Uh, of course, I'm talking about Sarah Forrest, and she'll be joining me a little bit later on in the, uh, in the program. Um, all right, so this was a, 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 an actual topic that um, this past Thursday on my other program, Golf Talk Live, uh, we had slated for the uh, Coach's Corner segment. And uh, my, my good friend and uh, LPJ professional, uh, Jamie Leno-Zimron, her and I talked about this, and really, typically there are five senses referred to traditionally as recognized methods of perception or senses, uh, taste, sight, touch, smell, and of course sound. Um, but in golf, there's also uh, some other senses, if you will, and that's instinct, feel, and visualization. And I'm going to talk about those three here and, and how they sort of apply and, and work in with your golf game. And so let me just tell you a little bit. First off, uh, obviously instinct is a natural or intuitive way of acting or thinking, uh, often uh, also includes feeling, hunch. Uh, some might refer to it as a sort of a sixth sense or even insight. And uh, it's a very important uh, sense, if you will, for, for a lot of golfers out there. And I'm going to explain to you a little bit about how it applies. Um, but first, I want to talk actually about the other two first, and then I'm going to sort of wrap it up with, with instinct. Um, feel is another sense, if you will. Um, some people uh, talk about having sort of a feel around the greens. We've heard some players say, you know, they have great touch or great feel um, on, on the putting surface or maybe uh, with a different part of their game, maybe their short game, uh, 
quite often we'll hear a player might say um, on, on tour that uh, um, they're a great chipper or a great pitcher of the ball and they've just got a great feel and sort of feel those shots. And um, so that's another uh, important as well. And, and I want to talk about, so feel is, is incredibly important. Um, give you an example. Um, if you're on the putting surface, one of the things that you want to be able to feel is sort of the speed of your putt. So for instance, if you've got a maybe a, a 50 or, or 40 foot lag putt uh, to the hole, you maybe hit your approach shot uh, a little bit uh, on the other side of the green, maybe the pin's cut in the back right, and you've hit it over in the left side of the green. So you've got a pretty lengthy putt. So you want to sort of have a feel uh, of what that putt is going to be like. And the only way to do that is actually to go out and practice, of course, uh, uh, putts of similar length on the putting uh, surface, of course, when you're on the practice green uh, at your local course. And, but you want to gain a, sort of a sense of feel um, in, in hitting those lag putts because the better that you become with those lag putts, that's going to create more opportunities for you uh, when you have those short three or four foot putts uh, to maybe uh, save par or in some cases maybe get a birdie. Um, so speed is, is utmost importance when putting, as an example, and having great feel for those long lag putts is, is, is crucial. Um, also, the other thing that you want to feel, uh, another great thing, we, we talked about this a little bit uh, on Thursday, last Thursday night uh, with Jamie and I, was about the undulation or slopes of the greens. Um, you'll often see most of the tour players, as an example, um, when they're coming up uh, on the green and looking at their putts, they'll actually walk pretty much all the way around uh, the ball and the hole. And what they're trying to do, they're not just doing it for, they're not making laps for an exercise. Um, what they're doing is they're trying to get an idea of how the putt may break, uh, potentially. Um, they want to get an idea of whether or not the, the green above the hole is higher or, or lower. And they want to see whether or not it's sloping left or right. So they'll use their feet um, to gauge that feel. Now, obviously, they're not walking around in bare feet, but they can, they can obviously get a pretty good idea or the gist of the slope of the green as they walk around. So that's why they're doing it. That's helping them with their feel. And before they, they set up for the putt and they've sort of taken all that information in and now can make it a, a more informed uh, decision. So those are two areas on uh, the putting surface that feel really comes into play. And if you can sort of master those, obviously you're not going to master everything in the golf game, but if you can really get a good grip on, on those two areas, the speeds of a putt and also feel of the lie, if you will, on the green, that's going to help you tremendously. And of course you want to get out there and you want to practice uh, all lengths of putts and you want to be able to um, work on your stroke and things like that. Um, but if you can really get a, a good solid feel for both of those two areas, I think you're going to see um, many more putts go in and you're going to be able to uh, help overall your, your game. So feel is, is, is important. And also just one more thing on feel. Um, feeling in your short game, such as your chips or, or your pitch shots, as an example, or even your bunker play, there's a certain element of feel. You'll, again, you'll hear many of the golfers talk about that on the tours. And uh, again, you want to kind of get a feel. Um, let's say if you've got a, a short pitch on, onto a green, you want to kind of get a feel of the stroke. You're not going to take necessarily a full swing. You may only have a three-quarter or a half swing, depending on the distance. So you want to kind of feel the weight of the club and feel the, 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 the gentle mo movement, if you will, uh, back and then through the ball. So uh, adapting a good feel is something that, again, is, is critical without your, uh, throughout your golf game. Um, the other one is, is visualization, and this is something that, quite often you'll hear instructors talk about is visualizing the shot. And let me just tell you, uh, visualization, of course, is a representation of uh, an object or situation uh, and really is uh, information gathering uh, to allow you to create a mental image of something. So in, in this case, you want to visualize the shot. So right from the get-go, when you step on the first tee, you want to visualize, you want to look out and see what you're faced with. You want to see where the bunkers are. You want to see which way the, the fairway may shape. It may go left to right or right to left, uh, or it may be straight. So you want to gather all that information. So you're visualizing the hole that you're about to play, and you're visualizing the shape of the shot that you want to hit. It might be a straight shot, uh, again, depending on the lay of the hole, um, and uh, or you might want to, might need to fade or draw the ball. So 
you're trying to visualize the shot that you're making. And you're going to do that all the way around the golf course. For every shot that you take, you want to visualize the shot. You want to visualize the swing that's necessary to execute that shot. So visualization is extremely important uh, when playing as well. And again, more often than not, you'll hear many, many uh, professionals on the tour, as well as um, many of your instructors that if you're working with, will talk about visualization. So as an example, they'll say, okay, um, you've got a, a 150 yard shot to the green. You've got some bunkers in the front. Maybe you've got water running down the left side, and maybe you've got another bunker in the back. So what they want you to do is they want you to be able to visualize what shot is going to be needed. Uh, it's not just always as simple as just hitting it to the green. Um, there may be trouble to avoid. There may be certain areas on the green that are more receptive uh, for your shot to avoid much of that trouble. So you want to visualize the shot that you're going to be making, and then you want to visualize how you're going to execute that shot. What swing do you need? Is it going to be a full swing? Is it going to be a three-quarter? Is it going to be a half swing? Again, depending on what uh, the length of the shot. In the case of 150 yards, of course, you want to pick the right club for that, whatever that might be for you. Uh, it might be your 7-iron. It might be an 8-iron. It might even be a 6-iron. Uh, again, depending on your, your skill level. So visualizing the shots are extremely important. And, and again, much like feel, if you incorporate this into your, your daily routine uh, out on the golf course, it's amazing how much more you'll prove, uh, improve uh, on, on your strokes. Instinct, the, the last one I want to touch on, and then uh, I'm going to um, bring on our, our special guest this morning. Uh, instinct sort of wraps everything up. Um, the other two feel as i said you want to feel the putts um visualization you want to visualize the different shots but instinct is something on the golf course that comes out of working on your game on a continual basis so obviously for for some of us out there we can't be out there every single day working on our game but we want to be able to uh work at uh, at, at different areas and, and improve on different areas and what ultimately happens is you develop a sense of instinct so for an example um, when you get on the putting surface because you've been working on feel and, and understanding um, the, the speed of the putts, uh, you've maybe practiced uh, for, for several weeks on your putting, so you've gotten a good feel uh, and you visualize the shots you need, you develop a, a sort of a sixth sense, a, a, an instinct, if you will, of knowing what to do and how to prepare for that. Uh, and that happens all throughout uh, your round. You're going to develop instinct as time goes on. That's not something... Uh, Certainly, certain areas of your life, you may be born with a certain element of instinct, but much like your, your employment or your job out there, um, over time, as you get more and more in tune with what has to be done, you develop a sort of a sixth sense or an instinct on how things need to be done um, to the point where you really don't even have to think about it anymore. And that's what real good golfers do is they focus on um, their instincts. They think about, okay, this is what I need to do, or I know I need to do this. And that's something that just over time becomes natural to them. And that's why it looks very effortless when you watch some of these golfers on TV. They just sort of get up there and, you know, they take a few moments and maybe a couple of practice swings and they hit this great shot into the green or they're hitting this great uh, tee shot. Um, it's not just a matter of working on their ball striking, you know, for days and days out. They're also developing, uh, as I said, feel. Uh, they're visualizing the shots. And over time, they developed an instinct on how to play the game and what they need to do and what works for them. So these are areas that if you focus on uh, all three of these areas uh, and not just your ball striking uh, and work on some of the drills that if you're working with an instructor, um, work on some drills. If you're not, I strongly suggest that you go out and you find yourself a, a good local uh, PGA or LPGA professional in your area and work with them uh, and helping to develop some of these skills um, again, working on your feel and, and getting them to help you understand about visualization. And again, over time, working with them and out there practicing yourself, you're going to develop that instinct. And again, you're going to just enjoy um, golf so much more than just going out there and beating balls at the driving range and just sort of, you know, nilly-willy going around the golf course. So those are some things to think about. Uh, I want you to uh, focus on, on those three areas uh, as you go out and practice over the next uh, little bit, as you get ready for some of you up in the Northeast where it's still a little bit chilly and the weather's not quite conducive for getting out there in the golf course, these are things that you can actually do uh, at home. You can putt, uh, if you've got a carpet at home, you can putt at home and, and work on your putts and things like that and develop that feel so that when you get out on the golf course, 
um, you're going to be a little bit better. And in your mind, you can kind of visualize if you if you belong to uh, to a local golf course, um, you pretty much know the lay of the land. You can be thinking, you can be visualizing. Okay, what shot do I need on the first hole off the off the first tee? Um, maybe hole number seven is is a par three and uh, it's uh, over water. Um, but maybe there's a, a bailout area a little bit to the right. Maybe you're not a, a very solid ball striker. Um, you may be thinking, okay, I need to bail out over here a little bit to the right. I'm still going to be close to the green, or I might be on the far right side of the green. So you want to start visualizing your shots a little bit. So work on those things as you get ready. For those of you that are able to play all year round like I do uh, down here in Florida, um, you can still work on all these things. These are things that you can do the next time you go out and practice. Okay, as I mentioned, I've got a great guest uh, this morning calling over from the UK, uh, Sarah Forrest, and she is the uh, CEO and founder of the Golf Guru Group. And let me just tell you a little bit about her, and then I'll bring her on, and she can join me this morning on the Women of Golf. Uh, Sarah, as a lady golfer specialist for many years, uh, she shares her in-depth knowledge to not only encourage ladies in, uh, into golf, but to retain them, uh, whilst gently uh, persuading them to think outside the box to be part of an all-inclusive uh, golf environment, international travel consultant, uh, project manager of special, uh, specialist golf events to include ladies only and HNW events and media, uh, golf writer for and about lady golfers, and uh, also golf products aimed at the lady golfer with a variety of different outlets. So let me bring Sarah on and uh, we'll begin our, our discussion with my very special guest. Good morning, Sarah, and welcome. Good morning, Ted. How are you? I'm doing very well. How are you doing this morning? Yes, good, thank you. Now, I, I can't remember. I'm trying to think of time-wise because I know you're overseas. Uh, is it <laughs> morning or, or evening there? It's, it's actually afternoon, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. We're on a five hour, plus five oh, okay. hours to you. Okay. I couldn't remember if it was back or forward, so now I, I know where you are now. Um, well, Sarah, <laughs> yeah, we're welcome. to the uh, end of our day. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you again, Sarah, for, for joining uh, me this morning. And, and unfortunately, Cindy wasn't able to, to join us this morning. She's working uh, down in Orlando, as I mentioned to the folks earlier, uh, doing some more video and instructional videos uh, with the Golf Channel this week. So she wasn't able to join us, but she sends uh, you her best. And um, so I, I wanted to ask – you're very welcome. I, I wanted to ask you, first and foremost um, – Talk a little bit about, um, and I, I didn't get into specific details because I wanted to wait until you actually got on board here, um, but you've got a, a tournament that um, is, is very interesting, and I want you to explain a little bit about that, how it came about, and uh, where, you know, is it still in its early inception uh, component, or is it well on its way? And that's the International Ladies Golf Tournament. So tell us a little bit about that. Yes, yeah, certainly. Um, a few years ago, I had this idea that there were not many uh, competitions, tournaments out there for the amateur ladies. Uh, so it started to bubble on in my mind, and I know a number of golf tour, op tour operators. My former business has read two rates of golf tour operating when we spoke previously. So my background mm. is in the lady golfer traveling, which is great. And a number of tour operators were saying, there's nothing like this. So I thought, well, you know, there really isn't. So, uh, so I've, I've, the last 18 months or so, I've started to pull it all together. And the first one will be in this September, in Scotland, which is amazing. Uh, it's actually playing at, um, in a county called Perthshire, which is where Glen Eagles is, is housed. And they'll be playing the, pe right. the uh, PGA course at Glen Eagles and also the Queen's course at Glen Eagles, as well as other courses as well in the area. So that's how it all started. It was a, it was a supply and demand situation. And it's on this September in, uh, in Scotland. Right, and tell us a little bit about the event. Obviously, it's an amateur event, so what's going to be the format um, of the event? And then we'll, we'll talk a, a little bit more. Oh, for sure. Um, well, certainly it is an open to all amateur ladies. Any lady uh, golfer with a recognized club handicap in the UK where Kongu, are, are you USGA handicap registered, or is that how it works in the US? Yes. Anyway, what, what, what's yeah, the USGA, body yeah. Okay, so, so yeah. they have to have the USGA handicap if they're coming from the States. If they're coming from India, they have to have their local governing body of the whichever handicap body they are within their local country. So they have right. to have a registered handicap. But it's essentially open to all amateur lady golfers, no professionals. So sadly, Cindy can't take part. But, uh, but right. uh, it's, um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's never been done before. And the format is it's, uh, we're hoping to have 
countries represented. Currently, we have 17 countries selling this into their respective databases within their specific countries. Um, so if we have a team of 12 represents a country, but if we don't get 12, so I mean, the Polish lady, for example, might not be able to send me 12, that's fine. We'll make up an alliance team with maybe the Hungarian lady, and they'll have a, a, an alliance. Right. But there will no be, there'll be nobody left out. There will be a country team element, and that will be on uh, two... Two, uh, two of the games, one is the nine-hole game on the Wii course at Blair Gallery, which is an absolute stunning little course, um, and that's uh, particularly mm. exciting because we have the Provost coming afterwards to join us for afternoon tea. The Provost is uh, like mm. a local mayor in Scotland, so he's right. going to come and right. join us for afternoon tea after that first nine holes, which is a, a fun thing, just get to, get to know your team and get to know the other ladies in other teams as well. Um, and then the other team elements will be on the PGA course at Glen Eagles because it's it's quite a tough course. So we'll have a pairs competition on there to represent, uh, and each pair will represent their country. But it's it's also a way to get to play the course without really going away without enjoying it because it's, it is quite a tough course. Um, and then the other the other four games will be individual stablehood, which I appreciate you guys don't play so much over there, but that's fine. We do, so we can sort right. all that out. <laughs> so um, <laughs> so we uh, so we'll have a, a a finals winner. So we'll have a team winner on the half game, a team winners uh, a winning team on the half game, rather a winning team on the full game on the PJ course, and then we'll have an overall winner from the individual stablehood competition as well. So there's essentially two two competitions in in one tournament if you like uh, the team ones right. are focused on having fun making sure the ladies are enjoying the courses and enjoying each other's company um, and then as I say the individual one is a little bit more serious if you choose it to be I, I often find I play better, play better when I'm not so serious right exactly and, and it's all about how you're exactly right Sarah it's all about having fun and this is really what you want to instill with, with a lot of the, the ladies that are going to be coming out and playing the event. Um, before we talk about some of um, the folks that are helping sort of promote and, and sell this event, um, talk about really some of the misconceptions, I think, that a lot of women have about golf. I mean, for an example, I've said many times on the show with, with Cindy and I that I think a lot of people, and it's not just the, the women, but it's also the men, that when they think of golf, they see the, the golf professionals on TV or maybe at their local golf course, and they kind of think and have a bit of a hands-off approach. If they've never been introduced or brought up in the game, they think, well, boy, that's, that's sort of an elitist sport. It's something that uh, I, I just don't have the skill for, and it's not for me. But that's not really true. So what's some of the misconceptions and hurdles, particularly in the women's market, that over the years that you've had to overcome to help women understand that, hey, this is for everybody. It's not just for the, the professionals out there. Oh, yeah, there's, there's definitely some, some misconceptions, as you quite rightly say, about the game of golf. It, it isn't elitist. I think in the U.K. we're, we're probably... <laughs> in inverted commas, worse than you guys are insofar as sometimes we're not so good at accepting ladies into some of our golf courses. And sometimes right. we're not so good at accepting another category, maybe men's seniors. And they just all seem to enjoy getting on each other's backs and telling each other how bad they all are. But actually there's nobody that's really good and nobody <laughs> that's really bad. Um, I have this right. very famous saying, which has uh, been quoted many times now, that there's no men and there's no ladies. We are all golfers. And I think that's something that's right. often um, not not really taken on board. Uh, uh, for example, in my own club, for example, where I play, it's quite difficult to get out on the course at the weekends, uh, which is tough for a working lady when that's the only time you can play. And this is where I say there's only golfers because... Uh, it should be a little bit more evenly spread, but that's an ongoing thing, and I think the British market is evolving, and I think it's also accepting right. that there are this demographic of, of golfer. The lady golfer doesn't just actually bring the lady golfer. They bring the family, and to a degree, and please don't shoot me for saying this, they allow the husband <laughs> to play, and I don't mean that in a, in a disparaging way, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's acceptable because they then understand what, what the sport is about, the time constraints of playing the sport as well. You know, when the husband disappears for half a day on a Saturday, they understand that because they've then done that themselves. So they, they, they right. get it. It's like, it's, like a, it's like a sudden click in the brain that uh, is, is, is saying, well, yeah, this is okay. I, I have worked with a group in Newcastle, and that was to get uh, 
new ladies into golf. And uh, I was running their events for a couple of times a year to just go up and uh, encourage these ladies into into sport, of which the element was my my element in, and involvement was for the golf element. So it was it was it was interesting because these were inner city working ladies who would never consider yeah. going out into the countryside, as they call it, although our countryside is slightly closer to the city than your countries are, probably, but uh, we're right. on the little island. Um, but uh, they they <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't think to do that. But uh, we said, yeah, this is okay, go and do this. And there's been, a, we, we have encouraged them by doing other things as well, you know, providing the afternoon teas, providing the nail bars, and providing whatever it takes to get them to think about golf as, as a, a good form of exercise, a good way to socialize, and actually, in many respects, a good way to work their way up the corporate ladder. Right, and, and that's a great way to, to sort of lead me in what I was just going to ask you. Um, you know, over here in the U.S., uh, many women are starting to realize um, the advantages from a corporate standpoint. Um, there are many groups now that are, have formed over here in the United States, uh, women's groups, uh, golf groups, obviously, uh, but they're also business groups, and it's a way for them to network and, as you said, sort of rise up the corporate ladder. And this is something that traditionally men, um, and I'm sure it was very similar in the in the UK as well, um, men for, for many, many decorate, decades have known that golf is, is a very valuable business tool, um, but not so much um, as more and more women get into the business world um, are starting to understand that. And <clears throat> there's sort of been <clears> – <throat> pardon me – there's kind of been a little bit of a hurdle – uh, over the years for, for women because women weren't traditionally in um, the executive level or that area for, for many, many years and are now getting into that, um, they weren't really privy. For, I'll give you an example. Many corporate events, most of the women uh, in the office, if they didn't attend the event, um, maybe worked uh, at, at, the, at the table, the registration table or the gift-giving table or what have you, and weren't yeah. really uh, encouraged or offered to play in the events. Well, now they're starting to recognize the value that golf brings. And for those women that are maybe in a sales force or in an executive level, say, hey, wait a minute, I want to be involved. I want to be mingling with these uh, prospective clients as well, or I want to bring some of my clients uh, to this event. Um, so they're recognized that. Is that something that was traditionally very similar in the UK, where for a long time women, uh, until they started getting more and more into the workplace, uh, you know, at an executive or a more advanced level, um, also didn't really partake in in some of the events. Oh yes, definitely. And obviously, there's there's going to be a certain category of of, of male, as there is female, that uh, will want to take up something like golf as a door opener. But it's actually not just on the golf right. course; it's also afterwards when they're making a coffee in the, right. in the canteen or something. They've got something in common to talk about, and that's uh, I was actually offered a job on the golf course once. And and that's because I could hit a golf ball slightly wayward sometimes, but I could hit a golf ball. So you know, <laughs> I think that uh, there's not many opportunities that you can go out with a prospective employer or a prospective client and have that four hours of dedicated time with them. It's also a good leveler <laughs> because you can certainly get to know somebody's right. character on the golf course. And I think that's a, a massive positive tool especially if you're in a sales role and you are trying to bring in new business, it's a nice opportunity to get to know the, the, the people, the people behind the email, right. the people behind the boxes, the people's families, because then you've got a talking point. And, and women are particularly good at that. We're very good at networking and very good at being oh, yes. able to talk about stuff that will, get, that will make people feel slightly more at ease. And I'm, I'm sorry if that sounds disparaging towards the male, male golfers in this world. No. That's not at all. It's a, it's a general observation I've made, that's all. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree uh, more wholeheartedly, Sarah. You're exactly right. Um, you know, this is something that often in a lot of the groups that we hear, we've had many um, exec, uh, female executives on the program that belong to different groups or different organizations, and they, they understand more so now than maybe 10, 15, 20 years ago, just the value of not just playing on the golf course, but what it brings. And you raised a very interesting point that I just want to, you know, touch on as well. And, and that is you do get, you know, unlike in a sales call or through an email, you don't really get to know the person that you're, you're dealing with. And especially yeah. in this day and age, as you pointed out with social media, that 
you know, a lot of it's a tweet or a, you know, Facebook post or, or some other uh, social media platform, you don't really get a sense uh, of who the person is. And quite frankly, there's a lot of cases that you may not want to do business with that individual once you get them out yeah. on the golf course for four hours and see how they handle themselves. So no, uh, that's right. it, it, you're, that's you're right. right. It's a, yeah, you know, it's, yeah, it's an eye opener and it's a great way of interacting and you can't build, um, you know, one of the things to be a successful business person, regardless of what field you're in is it's really about building relationships and you mm-hmm. can't build a relationship on, uh, you know, 140 or I guess it's 280 character tweet now, uh, <laughs> or, uh, you know, even a, even a phone call, a 15 minute, you know, sales call, um, you can't really get to know a person very well, but, uh, and, and certainly four hours is not going to relevate that. But if you get out on the golf course, um, you know, maybe multiple times with various clients and you're out there, you know, for three or four hours at a time, you start to, to develop a sense that they become more relaxed and, and you're able to ask the, the questions that you need to ask or, or have the dialogue that you want to have um, while you're out there where it's not always easy in some of these other formats that we just talked about. So, um, you're, you're exactly right, and I think this is a, a, a huge, huge opportunity for women mm-hmm. um, to, to take advantage of. But it's also a great social thing, too, for women. Women are very, obviously very social creatures, and um, you know, they want to be involved in ac- activities. And golf is a great one because it's not as phys- physically demanding, let's say, as tennis or um, maybe some other sports out there. I mean, not saying it's not physically uh, challenging, but it's not as hard on the joints, if you will. So, and it's something that they can play for for many many years. So, yeah. uh, I know that you've you've writ- written for very many uh, print outlets, and I'm going to name a few: uh, Golf South, Women in Golf, uh, The Lady Golfer, uh, Golf Travel Lifestyle, um, and and many many others. Uh, you've been a freelance uh, writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk a little bit about some of the things, if you wouldn't mind, Sarah, that you've tried to write about to really open up that market for women? What are some of the, the things that you can maybe just touch on a few? Well, it's, it's, it's obviously dependent on the audience because, you know, whilst we are all of the same sex, as in female, it's not necessarily all, all the same requirements. So it depends on what they want, of course. But, uh, for example, <laughs> um, there's, there's a particular resort in Spain that I would send ladies to, and why would I send them there? One of the golf courses is actually quite receptive for ladies. It can be challenging, but it's not overly challenging. Mm-hmm. So there's no... 200-yard carries over water. If there's bailout, that's great too. So that's the kind of thing that I would look for and that's the kind of thing I'd write about for them if it's a Lady Golfer-specific magazine. And what else there is to do? So, for example, this resort in Spain, it's, it's, uh, it's a nice four-star hotel with an 18-hole golf course on site. But it makes it particularly good because you can just walk 200 yards down the driveway and there's two tapas bars. And the ladies can go and sit in the tapas mm. bars and enjoy the tapas rather than paying the hotel prices and, uh, and right. thinking, well, crikey, we've got to think about this now because the bottle of wine costs us 20 euros when down the road it cost me 10 euros. So, you know, we're giving them the opportunity right. to not have to think about that. So it depends on the audience to a degree as well. Um, and then we have other audiences, other ladies who just want to play the, the top golf courses and that's their remit. And, and that's a different kind of animal again. So it depends on their age, it depends on their demographic as in, and their earnings potential. And there's so many different aspects, as there are with men. There's no difference, really. Right. Uh, but, you know, that's, right. that's a, a great example to use because I would recommend that resort because of these extra two tapas bars and the course is receptive for ladies. So that's the kind of thing that I yeah, look for and when I go. And, and also the hotel, you know, you've got to have a... You've got to have, <laughs> I hope I don't sound like a hotel snob, but a particular standard that uh, will work right. for the ladies. Um, and it doesn't necessarily be, have to be five-star standard. It generally has to be clean, and the staff have to be nice, and they yes. have to be welcoming, and they have to be receptive. So it's all these different elements, and you know, do, do, does the hotel put the ladies on the ground floor? And really, they shouldn't if they're traveling by themselves. They should put them on the, on the first floor. Oh, you call the first floor the ground right. floor anyway, don't you? That's right. very confusing. So run floor up. <laughs> right, right. So it's things like that so, no, you know, I, that I'm always got an extra eye out for, if you like. Yeah, and that is, you're right. That is important. And, and, you know, I think that, as you mentioned earlier, you're trying not really to have a distinction. It's You know, you want to think of them as golfers, not just male or female golfers. And that's how – a lot of the clubs and, and, and just to touch on something that you mentioned a little while ago, 
you know, um, you were saying, you know, you weren't sure about over here uh, in some cases, but, you know, more and more clubs have started to open their doors. Um, you know, it's taken a while, obviously, and with the help of uh, great organizations like the LPGA and, and many other uh, women's organizations out there as well have started mm-hmm. to really open the doors and, and made it more accessible. But there are still some challenges and still some hurdles here in the U.S. Um, that they, they need to, to get over. But um, I want to go back to um, and really sort of two questions here uh, on the International Ladies Golf Tournament. Um, why did you decide to have it as an international uh, golf tournament? And, and obviously you have several countries uh that have the option to playing and as opposed to maybe just having more of a regional tournament to start with, why did you decide to go that route? What was the thinking behind that? Well, it's, it's one tournament. Sorry, I may have misled you. There's one tournament which has been hosted in Scotland and the ladies come from all over the world to come and join us in Scotland. Okay. So there is the right. one tournament. And the reason that we've, we've uh, pitched it to an international audience is because there isn't one. There isn't an amateur competition for ladies where they can all get together. We have groups of ladies coming from the UK, from the US, from Germany, from Spain. They travel all over as groups from their individual countries, but there isn't one that they can participate in a a friendly yet competitive environment where they can actually get to see some of the golf courses where they wouldn't normally get to see and they would have to arrange themselves. These guys get picked up from Edinburgh, Edinburgh or Glasgow airport and drop back again seven days later and everything else is all covered. So it's it's an easy way for them to take part, and it's it's about being all inclusive as well. So if there's an individual lady, she can still join us, and she can still represent her country. But at some of the accommodations that we have, we have lodges, for example, which sleep up to six people. So if there's six good friends right. that come along together, great, they can go in their own lodge and have their own wine at night if that's what they choose to do. Right. But uh, you know, it, it is about trying to appeal to a broad range of uh, lady golfers, right. uh, amateur lady golfers, to just say, yeah, come along. You know, it's okay to travel. You can do this, and you can do this by yourself. Because when you're when you come by yourself, you won't be by yourself for very long. Because there's so many other ladies that will just join you, and we'll embrace you, and we'll make sure that happens. Yeah, and you know, and something too that's really interesting. That's a great point. You know, a, a lot of women love to to travel. And sometimes it's not always easy to, to get their spouse or partner to travel. Um, and this is something that they can do. They're going to meet some great and make some great friends uh, in this journey um, that they can maybe connect with uh, um, even outside of this, this tournament format and say, hey, you know what, we can maybe work something together and, and they've got a common interest to, to draw them together. Yeah. Now, uh, another question, right, and another question I wanted to ask you about this, uh, as the tournament uh, continues to develop and grow, uh, are you going to um, geographically are going to keep the tournament uh, hosted in one area or are you going to uh, do you have plans of maybe moving it around and actually having the tournament in, in other uh, countries or other regions? No, at this stage, we actually plan to go to different countries each year, because okay. if we have a, a network Perfect. of ladies, a nucleus of ladies that want to participate in this every year, they don't want to be going back to the same resort each year. They want to be trying something sure. different. So, so maybe we have uh, there are events back at the same resort a few years later or even consecutive years if we get decent sponsorship, but we haven't yet. So uh, so it may be that right. we do, do something like that. But at this stage, no, it, it is about encouraging the ladies to come and join us, come and explore some of the world with us and just do it in a, in a fun environment where the commonality is golf. Yeah, and and you, you've opened the door, too, for a lot of these other groups and organizations. You mentioned that uh, you have um, several, I think you said 17, uh, selling partners, if you will, from various countries that are involved. Mm-hmm. What was some of the feedback when you first reached out to, to get their involvement? What was some of the feedback, and, and um, how did you sort of logistically, how do you work that? Um, it was an interesting thing, actually, and I'm going to be very general with it. Um, if Sure. Uh, because my because my former background is golf tour operating, I'm in a very very enviable position. I know a lot of people around the world that sell golf holidays. Um, so so right. I've actually gone to people that I like. And, and going back to what we talked about earlier, you only buy things from people that you like. Um, so right. <laughs> we talked about that earlier about uh, networking on the course. So I know these people yep. and I like these people and I trust these people and that's very important. So, so in the main, it's been an incredible response. Yeah, this is great. Let's try and get a team together. 
Now, obviously, if we get 17, there's 17 countries selling this. So if we get 17 teams together, we're going to be snookered, quite frankly. And we're not expecting that on year <laughs> one. But, you know, if we can get sure. them to send a few from each country, then that's viable. And then we grow on it from there. We're not expecting to just run on year one. Let's let's take this in baby steps and make sure it's the right right product for the ladies. But no, we've 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 had an, a very very good response from the from the golf tour operators selling it within their own country. And we've we've got we our our USA agent is Elite Golf Experiences, which are also Florida based. So that's quite nice right. that they're on board as well. Um, so and then we have Norway, Spain, Ireland, Italy. Poland, Hungary, America. Wow. Wow. Yeah, and, and that's golf. great. You know, and, and golf, right, golf has become such an international sport with a lot of the world golf championships that, you know, they've obviously had on the PGA and, and with the ladies on the LPGA and, and um, you know, playing all over the world now, there's just such a, a wide variety. And golf has really, in a lot of areas, I mean, obviously in the UK and, and over here in the United States and, of course, Canada and, and uh, some of the other, uh, you know, areas like that where golf has been um, around for, for many, many years, golf has now reached into markets that it was never in before Mm. And it's not only gotten um, the men excited about playing something different and something new, but many of the women, again, thanks to um, people like yourselves and, and expanding with travel, but also the LPJ has done a phenomenal job in getting air, in areas like Korea and, and Japan and, and, and China even and other areas um, around the globe now have gotten women. And once women see that, oh, wow, this is something that we can do as well, and that's interesting yeah. – um, they're more inclined to, to, you know, to want to sort of jump on board. Um, yeah, yes, that's right. And also, also to, the, go ahead. sorry to interrupt, the International Ladies Golf Tournament no. is being hosted at the same place where the Solheim Cup will be played 12 months later. So they can sit back on the sofas mm-hmm. and do some sofa surfing and say, I played that hole. And right, you know, exactly. That's another well, link it, that they can associate with. Well, and also, too, you may get some, and I'm sure you will, that – may want to come back, uh, you know, if the opportunity presents itself, may want to come back during the Solheim Cup and watch mm. some of the professional ladies and, and you know, not just sort of reminisce about when they were there playing in, in their event, um, but get a chance to see how some of the best players uh, on the, the ladies' tours, um, you know, handled their, themselves and maybe pick up yeah. some tips and, and make a fun holiday. So, you know, there's a lot of great opportunities from a travel perspective, but also for um, the participants in your, in your tournament. Um, yes, that's right. Now, that's I right. And, you, and it's particularly good to yeah. be in Scotland because obviously it, it, not only the Solheim covered it, not only everyone knows it as a home of gold, but it's such a nice part of the world, to be perfectly honest. I mean, I've been lucky enough to travel around the yep. world, and Scotland is a very nice part of the world. And uh, if they fly into Edinburgh, there's no reason, if they're coming from such far far away, there's no reason why you shouldn't take a couple of days afterwards and just look around Edinburgh. It's beautiful. Right. Right, exactly. Um, now, you yourself, how did you get involved? Let's sort of go back a little bit. How did you get in, into golf yourself, and, and what particularly made you want to focus on women's golf and travel? Oh, um, well, we used to live overseas in the 80s, and I dabbled with playing golf, but I wouldn't say that I ever played it. In fact, the worst thing my husband ever bought me for Christmas was a golf bag, because then I had to carry it myself, which just didn't <laughs> work for me at that time. Um, Whereas right. when we came back to the UK and you know, children and everything else, it got to the stage where I was thinking, actually, what shall I do now? And there was just an advert in the local newspaper saying, uh, come along, a free seven iron. Well, I think it sold me on free seven iron. So I went along and uh, and I hit a few horrible balls. But the, the And I remember it so distinctly now that uh, I actually remember hitting a golf ball where it was a hot knife through butter. I did not feel a thing. <laughs> And the ball went for right. what, in my eyes, seemed like miles. And I thought, that's it. This is my sport. So I've always been into some kind of sport. Previously, it was squash six nights a week. But then I got old, so I decided that was too strenuous. So maybe golf. <laughs> right. And, and that's, I touched on that a little bit earlier before you came on the show. I was talking about some, some different things. And, and um, you know, one of the things that I mentioned is, you know, golf is, is a game that – 
you can play well into your, your golden years. And that's not mm. to say other sports, there aren't some that you can, but uh, a lot of other sports that involve high impact and that obviously as we, we get a little bit older, the, the joints don't, uh, aren't as flexible and don't work as, as uh, readily. <laughs> and even if you, you know, I mean, it's, let's, let's be honest here. And I'm, I'm getting into that category now as I get into my mid fifties. So, um, you know, I, I don't have the same flexibility that I once did, but golf, is, is sort of that great equalizer because, you know, it, it's still a great walk. I, I try to walk whenever possible. I, one of the things I don't um, enjoy as much is obviously having to jump in the golf cart. Um, mm. To me, I think that kind of spoils the, the game, but I understand the reasons behind it. So I try to play courses where I, I am permitted to walk. But, you know, it, it's something that I think, you know, helps to, to get out there. It's a, it's a great walk, it's some good exercise. Um, I've learned to scale down the golf bag and the golf clubs so it's not as heavy anymore. So that helps a little bit. Um, but but you're right. There there's a sense of you know when you hit those those great shots and everybody has some great shots in their bag. Uh, it just it, it, it's it's addictive. It just sort of brings you back. Mm, mm. Um, and that's the shot that you remember. Right. Oh yeah. You never. Nobody remembers. I mean, you might momentarily you know during a round you might <laughs> remember that bad shot you hit. But yeah. you'll when you get to the back to the clubhouse, you're talking with your with your your mates. You're talking about that really great drive you hit on hole number whatever, or that fantastic putt that you know even though it was maybe only ten feet, you've mm. embellished it. It's now a twenty foot putt. So <laughs> you know. Um, Do you think golf was a form? You know, well, at least it got. <laughs> yeah, it, exactly. It's 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 exactly the form of of, of fishing, and uh, and guys are are very good at embellishing. Trust me, I've I've played with a few um, that are like that, but. You know, it's a great overall uh, overall game, and I think there's so many opportunities. And, and you know, one of the reasons, and, and, you know, Cindy and I, when we first started this show, I said to her, you know, I have another show, Golf Talk Live, which airs uh, Thursday nights. So it's a little bit longer, and it, it uh, airs in the evening over here. And one of the reasons why I wanted to start the Women of Golf show was there's such a potential market to be opened here for women, not just in the United States, but around the world. Yeah. And I wanted to, to create a format that we could have discussions that are geared um, certainly for the average golfer, but particularly for the women's market. And, you know, the majority of guests, we do certainly, you know, invite a few men here and there, but we try to invite men who are focusing in the women's market, whatever category it may be. And, you know, interesting enough, when I when I first approached Cindy uh, on this matter, it was simply to have her as a guest, um, and we're in our fourth season now. And oh, she brilliant. said to me, she said, you know, that sounds really, yeah, she says, that sounds really interesting, and I'd love to be a part of the show, and, you know, and mm-hmm. the rest is history. And, and Cindy is just a wonderful, wonderful, um, in my opinion, ambassador to the game. She's not only a hardworking individual when it comes to her teaching, and, and obviously when she plays, um, but she just really is excited about growing this game and works not just with, with adults, but with juniors as well, particularly, uh, and getting them excited about that. So, um, what I wanted to also ask you is, you know, in the women's golf market, again, you, you write, you know, articles uh, over time and, and many articles and things like that. What do you see down the road? What would you like to see down the road, uh, in women's golf, and not necessarily at the professional level, but in in an international but um, amateur level as well. What would you see like to see more of in women's golf? I, th- I think it's 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 equal hours on the course. So whether you're a working lady yes. or a working man or whatever, it's just and and I hate to use the word equality because I'm I'm not really right. that kind of person that's going to shout women need this, women need that. It's not really my bag, right. but. I think there are certain situations where there are, there is there is a, a discord, there is a little bit of um, it's slightly disjointed, you know, that uh, that uh, men are given the Saturday mornings, whereas ladies can't play, kind of thing, which is which is crazy. Why not? You know, I pay the same fee, right. so so in that respect, and yes, I am shouting equality, but I don't really want to shout that because it's just a, it's almost like a horrible word in some respects because uh, it shouldn't we shouldn't have to say it. And I think if the boot was on the other foot, would would the men say it? Right. I'm I, sure they would. Oh, yeah, I can guarantee you they would. <laughs> you know, I, I think it really boils down. Yeah, it, trust me, they would. Uh, you know, Sarah, I think it really boils down to this. I think what really 
women want as a, as a general rule, whether it be golf or anything, but we'll, we'll stick with golf, is they want the choice. Whether they choose to exercise that choice or not is entirely up to them, whatever you know, sort of tickles their fancy. But I think women just want to be able to have the choice that if on a Saturday morning they want to get together with their girlfriends or go, join their husbands or whatever the case is, they mm-hmm. want that choice to be able to go out there without impediment. And this is where the industry needs, and, and it certainly is changing, but it yeah. has been at a snail's pace. And I think what it is, uh, to be honest um, – I think that obviously women have been at a disadvantage because with the exception of the professional level, women haven't played as much as men. So, you know, they're still fairly new. And I think the men just don't want to be hampered with having, you know, the the slow play. But I'll be quite honest. I've watched many men out in the golf course play much slower than the ladies. The ladies are at least smart enough to pick up their ball and say, okay, you know what? I know I'm not going to make par on this hole. So, you know, onto the next hole where the men are still digging out of the woods or the trap or whatever after, sure. you know, eight yeah. or nine strokes. So, you know, so that that just doesn't fly with me as an excuse any longer. Um, but and, I think it has and, to start, Sarah, with the choice. And I think also in that situation, it's um, th- there'll be two trains of thought from the ladies, the main lady's mindset. One will be, oh, my God, I'm holding people up. I must pick <clears> up. Let's pick up the ball and move on. And the other one was. Well, actually, I can't play this ball because it's, it's too difficult for me. So I'll pick up and move on. Right. So you know, it's, it's almost like, it's almost recognition of their own ability. I think yes. goes a long way to, yeah. to to make that mindset as well. And I think that that women are are much better at doing that than the men are. Whereas the men, I'm, I sound terribly sexist. I'm ever sorry for doing this, but uh, no, no, you're, no, I agree. They'll be, no, they'll be I, hacking I around in the bunker for, for five minutes because uh, they still can feel like they can get it out, despite them being out of shots, which is where the stable for system comes in. <laughs> Thank goodness. Right. Um, so, you know, that's... Right. The, 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 and I'm being generalistic with that, obviously, because... Uh, but I've also been sure. stuck behind groups of men who who belligerently won't let you go through, despite us hitting a, um, a, a golf ball better than they will. They just won't let you go through because you're female. So... It's, right. it, is, it is changing, and there will always be. And I think the change is actually happening as the, as the age of the golfers moves on as well. So it's a, right. the, the newer uh, golf pros, the younger golf pros up and coming, are more all-encompassing than maybe some of the older ones. Right. Well, an interesting statistic, let me just throw out there, and I don't know if you're aware of this or not, and I don't know if this necessarily is a global statistic or if this is something that is more prominent here in the United States, but as an example, the fastest growing demographics in golf right now today is young female golfers aged uh, roughly about 13 or 14, I think is the starting age, up to uh, early 30s. So that has been the fastest growing segment by far, uh, I think it represents something like 33 or 34% of all new golfers coming in uh, are in that bracket. So that just tells you that, yeah, so that the younger generation are are grappling to it. And I I saw an interesting uh, program, and I won't get into details because we won't have a lot of time, but uh, on the Golf Channel here recently, and they talked about, um, you know, Jack Nicholas talked about generally speaking about there were really three areas that um you know golf needed to to make some changes and one is it's still very expensive for a lot of people Mm -hmm. and uh you know also um the courses are have become very difficult over the years so a lot of people um you know are just struggling so that acts as, as deterrence and i can't remember off the top of my head what the third one was but um but basically what he was trying to say is if the game really wants to grow, it's got to do a better job of not just, you know, advertising, saying, hey, come on out and play, but yeah. you've got to make it once people get there that they're going yep. to want to stay. And I know that that's exactly. something that you do. I mean, you know, you, yeah, you've got to make the courses, you know, make them as pretty as you want, but you can't make them so long that the average person, you know, takes them six hours to get around. They're just not going to do it, especially in this day and age. The younger mm-hmm. generation um, – 
will not spend most of them won't even spend four hours but they're a little bit more you know inclined to maybe spend play nine holes if they can get around in, in less than two hours but if it's taking mm. them three hours to get around in nine holes you, you've lost them right there yeah exactly exactly right? i mean i'm i'm a member of the marketing committee of my own golf club and they have a they have a new to golf section and there's men and there's ladies but the the, the biggest pull is is actually the retired ladies. I, I would, I'm not too sure if that yes. same statistic applies to us for a 13, 14-year-old up to the early 30s. One of our biggest problems in the UK is actually retaining them uh, because obviously when they go yes. to university, they're suddenly taken over with studies. My own daughter, you know, she's been to university. She can play golf, and she's now taken her clubs down to where she's working because she says, Mom, I'm going to get back into this because it's good for me in business. So she she gets it, right? Uh, but but you know it's also right. quite difficult when the ladies go off and have their children and whatnot. So you know it's always very difficult. But the marketing group that I'm a member of in my own club, they have a group of ladies that have joined and they've given them a reduced fee membership, which also gives them a re- reduced access membership, which is great and that works very well. Yeah. Uh, but then they said, well, you know, what do we do after that one year of? Um, of um, giving them this reduced membership, after all, you give them another year, but you give, make it slightly more expensive, and you um, give them more access to the course, and give them access to the course when the ladies are playing, so you can integrate them into the golf course, right. into the golf club atmosphere, into the into the general um, social side of the golf as well, and then they will stay. You don't need to give them a one-year try it and then you've got to pay the full membership give them another year and just do it in stages and gradually increase that um, confidence that the lady will have to 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 um to join the golf club in the long term yeah and i think also too and i mean we're seeing uh, some great strides here with the uh, the lpj uh and uh, not just here in the united states but obviously uh the european as well but um getting more women in the teaching side as well this is another area um, mm. that really uh, the LPGA has done a phenomenal job in expanding, but they still they need to even go further because this is another area that, that really uh, impedes a little bit of growth in the female market is um, it's a predominantly male sport. Most of the instruction uh, out there is given by men. And let's be honest, um, you, you know, there are differences between men and women, not just physically, but in how they learn and how they respond to certain things and Mm -hmm. if the men are trained in one specific way and not really trained to work with women the same way then again that sort of throws up that wall and and it's not very and and actually the lpga a few years ago we we talked about it on the show actually came out with a a part of their certification course if you will and training on how to actually specifically teach two women because there are differences. It's just yeah, by nature. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, this is something that's important. So I think getting more people in the industry, not just on the players' level, but in the teaching uh, and, and those sort of things, I think you're going to see more and more women, not just the younger women, but even some of the retired women say, you know, I want to – maybe they've been out of golf for a few years. I want to get back in, and yeah, I want to yeah. be able to go and maybe work with somebody like, like a Cindy Miller. So. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and, and weirdly <laughs> – Next week, I'm doing my PGA Level One. <laughs> Fantastic, excellent. Yeah, I didn't. So, see, well, there you go. You... <laughs> yeah, I recognise the need that something needs to be done. And if you get, if somebody like Cindy was taking the group, and I would go along as her assistant, then actually, you could get more ladies involved because uh, Cindy doesn't have to be there one-on-one with them the whole time because I will be there as her assistant to use Cindy as an example. Not that I'm at all suggesting that Cindy come over and bring loads of ladies and I'll come and help her. But if she wants to, that's fine too, of course. But. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like, a par- sounds like a partnership in the making. Um, well said. Oh, yeah, I like right. Cindy. I've got a lot of time for her. Yeah, Cindy's a great uh, a great uh, asset to the game and just a wonderful human being. Um, mm-hmm. Well, Sarah, unfortunately we're out of time, but I want to give you an opportunity to um, just – mention again about the tournament when it when and where it's being held and if the people want to get more information um over here particularly in the u.s obviously this program broadcasts around the world but uh, particularly here in the u.s or, or anywhere else uh, within the, the listenership um how they can go about getting more information about the tournament where they can go to, to uh maybe look into it okay sure well it's called the international ladies golf tournament and it's held between the 9th and the 16th of september in the Perth and Kinross or Perthshire area. So they need to fly into Edinburgh or Glasgow and we'll do the rest from there. 
Um, if they want to email me in the first instance, it's sarah at golfgurugroup.com. Uh, we have the agent in the U.S., which is Elite Golf Experiences. We are also on their website. But if you're not listening in the U.S. and you still want to participate or find out more details, then drop me an email and I will point you in the right direction to the correct selling agents or the closest selling agents. Our U.K. selling agent is DPNL Golf. They are based in Scotland to us, specifically wanted a local agents to where the uh, the uh, event is being held and our website is www.golfgurugroup.com perfect well sir thank you very much for for joining uh, me this morning on the women of golf show it's uh, it's a pleasure to have you back and uh, again you. unfortunately i wish cindy was able yeah able here to join us and you're welcome to come back uh, any any uh, time that you you want uh, when you've got something to share we would love to have you come back on the show it's been an interesting discussion and uh, keep up the, the great work, and uh, like I said, you have an open door policy here on the Women of Golf Show. We'd love to have you back. That's lovely. Thanks so much, Ted, and thank you so much for your time and, and patience with me too. <laughs> oh, not a problem. It's been fun. I, I've enjoyed it uh, tremendously. Sarah, thank you very much, and uh, I look you. forward to the next time. Okay, All right, thank bye-bye. you. Take care. All right, bye-bye. All right, that was uh, my very special guest this morning, Sarah Forrest. Uh, CEO and founder of Golf Guru Group. And you can go to golfgurugroup.com to learn more information about the International Ladies uh, Golf Tournament that's going to be this September in Scotland. So you can get all the information there and uh, has a list of the uh, the various uh, selling agents on the website as well. So make sure you you tune in. Um, I want to thank everybody uh, for tuning in this morning to the Women of Golf Show from literally all around the globe. And it's uh, really because of all of our listeners that – we are able to put these shows together each and every week, and thank you for all of your continued support. And Cindy will be joining me back next week here for another great show and another interesting guest, so I hope you'll join us uh, here on the Women of Golf Show. Uh, you can find us at blogtalkradio.com forward slash womenofgolf. You can also find us under the podcast section on iTunes, Stitcher, or tunein.com. Just go to the podcast section and type Women of Golf. So on behalf of my good uh, friend and co-host, uh, LPGA professional Cindy Miller, and I, I would like to thank you uh, for joining us again on the Women of Golf Show, and I will see you next week right here on the Women of Golf. God bless, everybody. Bye-bye.